Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Going to go over the Week 10 waiver wire ads today. Uh, I do want to comment on last night's game, the Packers and the Lions. Uh, We saw that the Packers just couldn't really move the ball. Um, Not only that, their defense didn't play well either, and if that continues... We're not going to see good game scripts for Aaron Jones. Ty Montgomery uh, played more than him. Uh, he played better than him. Um, and that's the reason why we said not to drop him uh, before their buy. I know it was tempting. I know there were a lot of guys on waivers who are additions. But now Tom Montgomery makes his way back into the low-end RB2, uh, RB3 conversation, especially in PPR. Uh, so, you know, Ty Montgomery is a hold right now. Uh, we can see, you know, as and, you know, we have to look at the game script. And we have to see that. In most games, if the Packers are going against a good offense like the Lions, um, they're probably going to be in hurry-up mode because they're just having a hard time moving that ball and scoring. Uh, so that's kind of the deal with them. As far as, the, as far as the Lions go, Marvin Jones continues to get it done. Uh, you know, Golden Tate's probably still banged up. Uh, they don't have anybody reliable on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, with TJ Jones on that side. And uh, Kenny Galladay is still hurt with that hamstring injury. So yeah, so uh, he's getting it done. I'm putting him in my lineup at this point every single week. Uh, he seems like a very trusted option, and, we, and you know when he's given a good ball, he comes down with that thing. I mean, he's he's like I always say this, and I've been saying this for a while now. He's one of the best uh, wide receivers. Who, you know, he makes t- the toughest catches, and he brings the ball inbounds on the sideline, and he's one of the best uh, at those tiptoe grabs. So. Um, Really good field awareness from Marvin Jones. So let's go ahead and get into the waiver wire ads. I'm going to start with some must-add running backs. Uh, Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams. Drake is the more explosive and talented of the two. If you saw him on Sunday night, you would probably agree. Uh, But Damian Williams, he seems to have more of a secure floor in PPR leagues because of his pass-catching role, and I don't think that's going away. Uh, Both of them had six receptions in this past game, uh, and it was Drake who was in the hurry-up offense at the end of the game. Uh, I think Drake is a superior ad, you know, for that combination floor ceiling guy. You know, he's I think he's superior in between the tackles. There's no doubt about that. I think Damian Williams had like seven carries for 14 yards, uh, you know, and uh, and Drake was he was really able to get it done on the ground. And we saw some of that flash and some of that potential. Um, but on top of that, he's getting checkdowns from Jake Cutler. So um, I, I really like Drake moving forward um, now. That being said, the Raiders, you know, they're they're bad defense, so we shouldn't really take either performance from either guy as gospel. But the Dolphins are switching up how they're moving the ball. 
Uh, they want to get these guys in space in addition to running the ball. So going forward, I see Drake as their early down back and Damian Williams as a change of pace uh, and passing down back. Although, you know, if Drake continues to perform and improves his pass blocking, I think he's a capable enough pass catcher to get more work in an obvious passing situation. So, um, and in this game, Drake did outsnap Williams 37 to 30 for whatever that's worth. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm moving forward with Drake and Williams. If you're in a PPR league, that's he's a great ad as well. All right, I'm going to stick with this scenario here. Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris. Everybody dropped Darren McFadden last week because of his placement on the depth chart. You know, we can't make our decisions based on this type of ancillary information. We know he's going to get worked in at some point. So why does the depth chart depth chart matter? Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw me rant about this last week. But, you know, this remains a very fluid situation. And if McFadden ends up being the best back with Zeke out, you're going to be scrambling on waivers to get him next week. It's obviously not a short bet with McFadden, but the risk of just having him on my bench while this backfield shakes out it's it's small compared to the the, the high reward, um, and that reward is McFadden being the three down back he was in the preseason while he was getting ready to be Zeke's replacement, and if and if he's not, maybe he gets worked in on third downs and has a solid PPR floor. I mean there are a ton of possibilities here, um, and you know, Alfred Morris, you know he he's a number one on the depth chart right now, so you know if he's available, pick him up. Regardless of that, I think Alfred Morris is a good pickup. Uh, just in case that he's the guy, that's I'm 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 not ruling that ruling that out as a possibility, but we kind of kind of have to like you know just make sure that we're covering all all of our options and all grounds here. Okay, uh, now I'm going to move on to some other running backs, not necessarily must adds. Uh, Thomas Rawls, I know, I know. Uh, this backfield was a mess all year, and honestly, I can't blame you if you want to avoid it completely. Uh, you know, it, but Lacey's groin injury can linger, and Rawls, he might have all the early down work for himself. He did well last week in limited work, and if he can see 15 touches a week, he might be able to have some relevance in what should be a good offense down the stretch. Um, Rawls, he was limited early in the year while dealing with a high ankle sprain, and now that he's healthy, he's a prospective ad to see what he can do this Thursday. I'm not starting him this week, but there are a couple of good matchups in the coming weeks that I would start him in if I'm happy with his usage on Thursday night football. Okay, uh, Danny Woodhead, he, you know, he's on a bye this week, but if you're in a PPR format, he can definitely help you down the stretch. He should overtake Buck Allen as Joe Flacco's check down and pass catching running back. Uh... Now, before Woodhead got hurt, we saw that he wasn't only limited to early to, to third down and passing down work. He came in on early downs and was involved in route running. Uh, he can return to RB2 form if he's involved as it looked like he was going to be before he got hurt, especially in PPR. I'm talking really just about PPR leagues here. Okay, Matt Forte. You know, if you're in a PPR league, Forte can give you a solid floor every single week. You know, forget about his two touchdowns he had last week because we can't necessarily depend on that. Uh, but Forte has got it done in the passing game this year and provides a solid floor in PPR leagues. The two touchdowns are nice, like I said, but I can't rely on that. What we can rely on is the six targets and 14 touches he's been averaging over the last four games. Out of the 24 targets he's had, he caught 23 of them. He, he also outsnapped Powell 32-15 to 15 on Thursday night. I do feel confident rolling him out as a flex in PPR going forward, and not because of the touchdowns. I mean, I like the touchdowns, but, you know, we can't, you know, we can't base his value going forward on those touchdowns, but I like his value in PPR for sure. 
Okay, Deion Lewis. Before the Patriots' bye week, Lewis, he was trending in the direction of being the lead back here. Uh, Gillisley obviously trending down. James White had that passing down work secured. Um, and Rex Burkett was eating into some of that passing work. Uh, Deion Lewis, you know, if you saw him in 2015, he's probably the most electric running back the Patriots have. And if he continues to get 15-plus touches a game, he could pay dividends down the stretch for your fantasy team. Um, now, he has the capability of catching passes as well. So if that starts happening, you know, look out. I mean, he he can really get it done in the passing game as well. So if he kind of gets more work there, I think uh, he'll be a great running back down the stretch. All right, Latavius Murray. Uh, he's less than 50% owned right now, and he needs to be on rosters. The Vikings defense is pretty good, so they shouldn't fall behind in too many negative game scripts, which is you know, what we would have to worry about with, with Latavius Murray. If they can stay in games, Murray, he can get 15-plus touches, and he's a capable enough pass catcher to get some early down receptions as well. Um, you know, We can't leave a running back who's getting those type of touches on a decent offense on the waiver wire. Okay, uh, going to move on to must-add wide receivers. Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams. Now, this is if Des Bryant misses time with that with that ankle-slash-knee injury that he's, he has right now. He says he's fine. He's day-to-day right now. But, uh, you know, there was some doctor on Twitter, I forgot his name, uh, that, you know, when he looked at the play and looked at the mechanics of, you know, how he, how he went down, uh, it's possible that he suffered a high ankle sprain. So... That remains a possibility, so that's the reason why this th- I'm bringing this up here. And if he does miss time, I think Cole Beasley is definitely the superior ad, especially this week. Um, you know, we've seen a solid rapport between him and Prescott uh, with Dez out of the picture last year, and the Falcons this week have been weak. You know, they've been weak against slot receivers, so Beasley can have a good week this week. How many times did I just say week, 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 week? <laughs> so uh, Terrence Williams, he definitely gets a bump as well. Um, but the Falcons, they do an okay job in the perimeter. But you know, if he's getting targets, you know, this can this this can become a shootout as well. So um, I'm I'm definitely okay rolling out Williams if Dez is out, obviously. All right, Robbie Anderson, if he's on waivers on your league, you got to pick him up. He's become the number one wide receiver in the Jets. He's scored in each of the past three weeks, um, and that rapport that he's building with Josh McCown is really. Like, it's real. And this week, the Jets go up against a a very weak, I said weak again, and banged up Buccaneers secondary. He's not getting crazy volume, but he is pretty efficient with what he's getting. So I can't deny him a spot on my roster. And I'm honestly, I'm rolling him out, especially this week against the Bucs. Like, I'm rolling him out. I'm riding riding the flames, and I'm, I'm, I'm staying in with him. All right, Robert Woods. He is an example of when you follow the volume... It's going to come for you. He had two touchdowns this past week. You know, coming into Sunday's game against the, against the Giants, you know, he had at least five catches in four of his last five games. He caught four this past Sunday, but, you know, he had 70 yards and two touchdowns. Right now, he's just simply the most reliable wide receiver for the Rams right now. Um, and Cooper Cup, he's a close second for sure. Uh, he's been a solid flex option in PPR all season. Talking about Woods now. And, you know, obviously, I'm not going to expect the touchdowns to come every week, but he shouldn't let you down with that high floor, especially in PPR. All right, talk, I'm going to move on from must-ads to more wide receivers. Marquise Lee, uh, he's been inconsistent in the early part of the year, but he's kind of pulling it together now. Uh, he's had at least 65 yards in five out of eight games, 
and he's averaging nine targets in the last three. He, you know, right now he's the most dependable receiver on the Jags, and even though Blake Bortles isn't throwing the ball too much, he's relying on Lee's ability to get open. Uh, uh, D.D. Westbrook's, you know, impending return can throw a wrench into Lee's work, but that remains to be seen. At this point, I think he is definitely a solid pickup. Okay, Cooper Cup. Like I said, the second most relied on wide receiver for that potent Rams offense. That sounds, it's so weird to say that. <laughs> potent Rams offense. Uh, Cup has a ton of end zone targets this year. Not red zone, but end zone targets this year. Hasn't quite, you know, put it together every single game, but it's, I think it's going to come together for him. Um, he's going to start pulling down those targets. Uh, I think he's a great depth add to have in your bench in case you're ever in a pinch. Uh, you know, this, the Rams offense, it has the ability to move the ball. Cup has the ability to have a big game when you're least expecting it. So he is a very solid depth add for sure. Okay, Danny Amendola. Chris Hogan's availability, availability you know, is going to be unknown until he's actually declared, you know, active or inactive for a game. And that's just how the Patriots roll. If he's out, Amendola should see more time in the field and absorb more targets to give you a, a nice, solid PPR floor with upside of a touchdown, um, he hasn't been given up, you know, given us the fantasy output that we need the past few weeks. But with Hogan out, I'm very okay putting Amendola in my lineup this week. All right, Marquise Goodwin, Aldrick Robinson, uh, you know, they both had eight targets this week, both caught two of them. Uh, you know, but Goodwin with those two targets, you know, he doesn't need too many catches to make big plays. Uh, Pierre Garcon out for the year on IR, Trent Taylor out indefinitely. Uh, so those guys are out of the picture, those targets need to go somewhere. And I think Goodwin becomes that de facto number one wide receiver, along with Aldrick Robinson getting the more short to intermediate routes, kind of like what P- Pierre Garçon was doing. If I'm going to throw a dart in either of these guys, it would be Goodwin because of that big playability that he's shown this year and last year. Uh, Robinson, you know, he can have some PPR appeal, but he needs those targets to have better quality coming his way. Okay, Curtis Samuel, the rookie. On the on the um, on the Panthers, he played the most snaps out of any Panthers wide receiver this week. Uh, it seems like that Kelvin Benjamin trade was done partly to get him more involved and get him on the field. Um, you know, he, he's going to become their their deep threat, and you know, he's more of a versatile route runner. So you know, remember in 2015 without Benjamin, Ted Ginn was a huge part of that Panthers offense. So I think Samuel can fit into that role, and that's the kind of you know the kind of they want to get Cam back into the groove, um, you know, and he has a cannon. So, you know, Samuel can see benefit as he gets more comfortable in that offense. So he's playing a lot of snaps, so I think he could definitely be involved. Um, now, I'm going to move on to some stash and pray wide receivers because, you know, it's, instead of running backs, because running backs kind of, you know, those stashes depend on an injury. But these guys are getting playing time right now, and they should get it soon. Uh, so, you know, if they start performing, if they get more snaps, etc., these guys can be valuable down the stretch. So going to start with Corey Davis. He's a playmaker, um, and he's been kind of hiding in the sand right now because of injuries and a tough matchup last week. But he's healthy now. He's playing a good percentage of snaps. It's only going to go up from here. Uh, I think he can blow up in the second half of the season. It's very possible. Now, I don't know if I feel comfortable playing him against the Bengals this week, but he's a guy that can become an every week starter in time for the fantasy playoffs. Josh Doxson. It's taken some time, but Doxson, he's starting to make plays. Uh, he desperate, Cousins desperately needs a wide receiver, one. And I think Doxson fits the bill, but he needs more targets. Um, 
Dachshund's matchups are kind of brutal the rest of the way outside of Dallas, but his talent can rise to the top to make him a worthwhile pickup. Uh, you know, with Crowder out, with uh, Jordan Reed out, you know, Dachson should get the targets. Um, so, I'm, you know, we're hoping for, you know, a good second half of the season from Dachson. Okay, D.D. Westbrook, uh, he, he was the most productive wide receiver in college last year. He shined in the preseason this year. Um, I think once he becomes active, which could be early as this week, his potential is slotting in as the number one wide receiver. Now, it's not as likely right away, but his potential is there. Um, now, if you have him, keep in mind that the Jaguars are run first team, so the volume might not be there. But, you know, Westbrook, he makes plays. The Jaguars will find ways to get him the ball, and it's always good to have playmakers in the passing game to complement that very, very solid running game that they have. Okay, Kenny Galladay. His hamstring injury is lingering and lingering and lingering, but maybe he plays this week? I don't know. But once he's back in the field, he becomes an immediate threat for big plays. Marvin Jones has stepped up his game lately, like I said earlier. So once he starts getting attention from safeties, that Jones that is, I think Galladay can sweep in on the left side of the field, you know, for the opportunity of single coverage. You know, he's a long shot at this point since he's not healthy, but I think he's still a good stash if you have room on your bench. All right, going to move to tight end. Some must-add guys. Vernon Davis, for sure. As long as... As long as Jordan Reed's sidelined, you know, with that hamstring injury, um, you know, soft tissue injuries can definitely linger. So Davis should be in lineups. I mean, not rostered. I mean, he should be in your lineup, whether that's in your tight end position or your flex. He's a big play guy. Uh, And without a true number one option anywhere to be seen in Washington right now, you know, along with Jameson Crowder being hurt, I think Davis is as dependable as they get at the position. I can't imagine Reed getting healthy soon. So Vernon Davis can be a solid option for longer than you think. All right, Greg Olson. Olson's back soon. Once he's back, he should step right into one of Cam's favorite targets. If he's on your waiver wire, he's a great tight end to have down the stretch to add some upside to your team. If you already have a solid tight end, I think Olson makes a fine flex play as well. Okay, Tyler Croft. We all know Andy Dalton loves a good tight end, and Croft has got it done for the most part in place of Tyler Eifert. He didn't get the targets we wanted to see last week, but he took those two targets for 79 yards. He's kind of becoming less touchdown dependent than he was and actually providing a decent floor without it. So, you know, obviously that upside's still there with those touchdowns, so that's great. I'm okay playing Croft the rest of the way this year if you're tired of streaming and there uh, if there isn't too many options on the waiver wire anyway. Uh, don't forget about Charles Clay. He was Tyrod, Tyrod's number one option, and he's had some really good games before he got hurt. He's widely available in leagues. He's scheduled to be back this week, and he should reassert himself as the go-to receiver. Okay, QB streamers. uh, Andy Dalton at Tennessee. He's played well in good matchups this year, and he's played terribly in bad matchups. So this is a good matchup for him. AJ Green, he's due for a bounce-back game after what happened last week, and we should see him carve up this Titans zone defense. Uh, It shouldn't be too bad for Andy Dalton. Uh, Josh McCown at Tampa Bay. Uh, McCown, he's just playing playing really well this season he hasn't disappointed fantasy owners uh you know who like to stream the position and he's still kind of getting disrespected um a lot of people don't want to pick him up but i'm pick, i'm playing him playing him in a bunch of leagues and you know if you played him like the past like five six weeks i mean he's been doing it for you so um i really like him uh this week he goes into tampa uh he's up against one of the worst passing defenses in football they're giving up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks uh they don't have a pass rush 
So I think McCown should be able to put some points up in this game. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, against the Jets. Uh, he's a little bit more of a desperate streamer in a decent matchup at home. The Jets give up the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and even without Evans, uh, Fitzpatrick should be able to move the ball against this defense. A little bit more desperate if the other guys aren't there, uh, if, you, if you don't have any other options, but don't, don't forget about Fitzpatrick getting the start this week in, in place of, in place of uh, James Winston. Okay, a couple of defensive streamers. Uh, the Lions against the Browns. Cleveland sucks on offense. No doubt about that. Detroit's at home. They create turnovers. There's really nothing else to say about this matchup. Uh, The Bears at home against Green Bay. Uh, Chicago's defense plays very well at home, and the Packers' offense is struggling to move the ball. So I think they're a great play in season long, and they should be available, and they're also like a nice mid-price defense uh, if you're playing daily fantasy. All right, New England. At Denver, Patriots defense getting a little better. There are definitely some holes in it, but this is more about Denver's offense being so bad. You know, Belichick, he's in a game plan for this one. He had two weeks of game plan for this one. So, man, like, I'm scared for that Denver offense this week, and I think Belichick's just going to shut them down. Uh, and, you know, I think they're going to do really well this week. Denver has been a hot mess even on defense, uh, so it could be a blowout. Okay, so that should do it. That's all the waiver wire as I had today. Uh I'm on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I, uh, at UpperHandFFB on Twitter as well. Uh, but I'm really at, you know, where I'm really at is on Instagram at UpperHandFantasy. Uh, check out the post. Uh, DM me if you ever need anything, have any questions, uh, hit me up. Uh, I'm also, you know, if you want, you can also go to the UpperHandFantasy.com website to check out all the articles that we put out. Uh, and th- yeah, that's it. Uh, I hope you guys uh, get the guys who you want on waivers, and I will see you on Thursday uh, to talk about the matchups for Week 10. Hope you guys have a great day, and uh, talk to you guys soon.